Welcome back to Caught Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. And I'm Errol Koenig. And today we're joined by our special Oscars correspondent, Kyle Kunzer. Kyle, is there anything you'd like to say to our raving fans? Uh, I know there's so many of you guys out there, you know, this here to please. Well, I'm glad you could join us today. We have a very full episode for everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking today about the Oscars mm-hmm. and the smash box office hit black panther yep but let's do oscars first because it happened a week ago and black panther is still in theaters so some people might not have seen it so let's save all of our spoilers towards the end yep um and the oscars have happened and if you missed out on that then we're gonna go crazy with spoilers anyway so yeah ryan all uh, right want to go through our list and we'll talk about what we got right, what we got wrong, and then Kyle, uh, whenever you have an opinion, feel free to jump in. Let us know what you thought, um, what surprised you, uh, what excited you, what what undertogs you thought would have won, didn't win, or would have won and did win. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So just kind of general picture first. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, comparing how Errol and I did from our predictions from last time. Yes. Uh you know, I continued my streak of not knowing much because I did not know much, but I got 10 out of 24 categories correct, including best picture, director, and actor in a leading role, actor and actress in a leading role, and actress in a supporting role. Which so, is not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. I did a little bit better. Just a little? Just a little bit. Uh, you got 10? Yes. Out of 20. All right, so I had one of the same numbers. What, you, you got the one? Uh, no, the zero. Zero. You didn't yeah. get any? But it, you'd think. Yeah. You really would. No, I got 20. Whoa. 24, which is significantly better than I thought or that anyone else thought <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I, I had a pretty good hot streak going on while yeah. watching the Oscars. So No kidding. Enjoyable show for me. Yeah. I personally thought that uh, Dunkirk was going to be the La La Land of this year, just really? getting all the awards. I don't know. It was nominated for a lot. Well, it it did pull some through. Uh, or yeah, it did. get some of the uh, technical categories. But let's get go through the categories. Yeah. Talk about what we got right, what we didn't, and then we can definitely talk about Dunkirk when we get there. All right. So, kind of working in the same order as we did last episode. Uh, short film, an animated short film. Uh, the Academy decided uh, Dear Basketball was the best animated short film of the year. I picked Lou the Pixar short, but I'm sure as it will come as a surprise to nobody, Errol picked the correct one. Yeah. It's, Deer Basketball had a lot of momentum going for it. Uh, the uh, animator who I uh, forgot to mention his name last time, but Glenn Keane uh, is awesome and did a great job with the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also all of Hollywood is Lakers fans, so conspiracy. <laughs> That's uh, <fair. laughs> So I went with Deer Basketball and I was right. So even though I liked Lou more. I loved Lou. Lou was great. Yeah. But, but, but was Lou the uh, Pixar one? That was the one that came before Cars 3. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, I didn't have any uh, opinions on it because I had never seen any of them. I just assumed the Pixar one was going to win because they're Pixar. So. That's fair. It's usually correct, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So the next live action short film, uh, The Academy went with The Silent Child. 
whereas I went with the 11 o'clock. And uh, Errol, which one did you pick? I went with DeKalb Elementary, and this is one of the few that I got wrong because, as I mentioned last time, I had not seen any of these, and I probably won't ever. So, <laughs> whatever. It, I, I'm not up too upset that I got this one wrong just because I knew it was one that I knew nothing about. Yeah. If I had gotten it right, that would be more surprising than anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah. Yeah. I picked mine based on the name, so, you know, I'm not really surprised. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add there. <laughs> yep. Moving up, documentary short subject. The Academy went with Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, which I believe, Errol, is what you picked. Yes, that is what I picked. Got lucky. The Academy's from L.A. They love tra- oh, They don't love traffic, but they're used to it. They can relate to it. Yep. So that's why I went with that, and <laughs> uh, it worked out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was just going to win based on the name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it had a good name. I went with heroin because it was a pun for a name and is therefore better. But you, you think? Know, I know think. it is better, but the academy I think just old people would like their puns. But they I know it's true. All right, moving up again, we have visual effects, mm-hmm. which the academy chose Blade Runner two thousand forty nine. Yes, or as normal people say, twenty forty nine. Yeah, that is something we should talk about. The Blade Runner went hard on calling, or the Academy went hard on calling Blade Runner 2049 instead of 2049, uh, which was an interesting choice considering everyone and their mothers called called a Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have no idea why unless you know, they want to be really proper in the naming, but... Yeah, I don't know. They, they made a choice, yep. and they stuck with it, so I mm-hmm. guess points for that. Yep. That being said, Brian, did you get this one right? I did not. I went with Star Wars The Last Jedi for this category. This is one of the other categories I got wrong. I went with War for the Planet of the Apes because it's a lot of monkeys. It is a lot They of were good-looking monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went with Blade Runner, which is understandable. It is visually stunning, and, you know, the Academy likes those types of movies. So, yeah, can't fault them too much there. Yep. I was, I mean, I felt Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 should have got nominated for Best Picture just because really? I really liked, I really liked the movie. Just I... because. <laughs> <laughs> Errol's got some hot takes here. Yeah. They're not that hot because, I mean, they were hot in the beginning of the movie, but the movie was so long and so boring, they have cooled down as the time has passed. Mm-hmm. So right now they're more lukewarm. But it's uh, they're it's a boring. It, for me, it was a very boring movie. Yeah, I mean it was it was fine technically and visually it was great. But you know I could deal with technically and visually great for half an hour. I need to fill the other what two hours with something actually good to watch. But <laughs> that's that's just me. Yep. Well, that's an argument for another time. Yes, <laughs> we will get to that. Yeah. All right, moving on up again to film editing. The mm-hmm. Academy chose Dunkirk, which I also chose. So there's my first win yeah, right. of the night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also got Dunkirk. Um, you know, I, as I said in, in the other podcast, I thought Dunkirk was going to win two out of the three categories between uh, film editing, uh, sound editing, and sound mixing. Um, but because I wasn't sure which two, I put Dunkirk down for all three. And as it turns out, 
my subconscious is more right than I am. And <laughs> I got all three of them right, but we'll get to the other two later. Dunkirk had really good film editing. Um, yeah. Again, it's another movie that I didn't necessarily love, but that's just my thoughts on Christopher Nolan, which if you are interested in my thoughts on Christopher Nolan, you should listen to one of our upcoming episodes where we uh, get into it yeah. uh, in March Madness style. But yeah. I have a hot take for the next time. You have a hot take? I have a hot take. Okay. We'll keep that locked and loaded. Yeah. All right. I feel like, uh, I mean, the other nominations for film editing, mm-hmm. I guess Baby Driver could have taken it, but the other ones didn't really, like, pop out to me to be, you know, film yeah. editing type of things. Yeah, I mean, the um, others were done well and flowed nicely, which I thought was... It's always an important part of editing on yeah. how it flows. If there's any part that lags, how to make something good, great. And I thought yeah. they all did their job editing, but I think what Dunkirk did with uh, with how they overlap these three timelines, while I am not a fan of it personally, uh, it it worked for the Academy. And for Baby Driver, again, I thought it was great with syncing everything to music. I love doing that when I'm making my own stuff. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was executed really well, but it was younger, so. Yep. All right. Uh, Next category, we have production design, which the Academy went with Shape of Water. Uh, and so did I. So did Errol. I went with Blade Runner 2049, which unfortunately did not win. Yeah. But, I mean, um, I thought the the production design on The Shape of Water was one of the strongest aspects, not the strongest aspect mm-hmm. of the movie. And given that I knew that it was going to be in contention for some of the higher up ones, I thought this one would have a decent shot with the production design. And also for Blade Runner, it kind of copied a lot of stuff from the original movie. True. Which, you know, is great, but kind of just taken from old. So yeah. That's why I went with that. So I don't see what about Shape of Water like pops out as production design like well, is it just like the era you know, like the time period sort of thing? i think it's the era the time period i mean the color scheme even if it didn't pop out there was just lots of i guess blues and greens and just how they were able to greens. make it super cohesive uh and kind of make this ridiculous premise kind of seem natural in this world it just i don't know i i it, i felt guillermo del toro's presence in the production design I felt like this was his style visually. Um, maybe they yeah. didn't take as many shot, like big shots, like uh, you know, twenty forty nine did um, with like their giant holograms or whatever. But I thought across the board with designing the movie theater, designing the apartments, the design, the designing of the lab, it all just kind of worked well with what they were doing. Yeah, uh, and definitely, yeah. it, it, even though if it's not necessarily extraordinary, it stood out. It, it's something that stuck with me. That's what I think of like first when I think of the shape of water. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah. and the the fish penis, but <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah. I always say that the you know the movie did feel very uh, real in the way that like it almost mm-hmm. felt like you'd be in that setting in the world type of thing. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. So next up we have cinematography, which the Academy. Uh, went with Blade Runner 2049. Yep. Roger Deakins got his first win uh, on his 14th nomination, which is big for him. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I also got a win as well because I'm just good like that. 
That's going to be a running theme of this episode. It is. I'm going to get very cocky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't see it, so I can't really comment. But just from the trailers, it had really good cinematography. So, I probably should have guessed hey, Kyle, that a little better. Kyle, what do you think about the cinematography on these guys? I thought it was really good. I was kind of unsure if they were going to go with Dunkirk or Blade Runner. It was kind of in between for me. Mm-hmm. Just because in Dunkirk, he had all those different angles and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, Blade Runner, I keep thinking about how much orange there was. But yeah, there was <laughs> a, a lot, lot of, orange. of orange. A lot of orange. Lots of warm colors. Yeah. On the screen. But yeah. It's just a very warm, loving movie. And yeah, very loving. It's, I don't know. I don't know if loving's the word I would use to describe <laughs> these robots, but mm-hmm. I digress. All right. Let's move along. Costume design. Yeah. The Academy went with Phantom Thread. Makes sense. The movie about yeah. costume design went to. Uh, the award about costume design went to the movie about costume design. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I got the point. Ryan, did you? Nope. Oh, that's right. You. I went with Beauty and the Beast. Well, you tried. I did. <laughs> I can be hopeful. Yeah. Any costume stuff stand out to you, Kyle? Um, I mean, I just knew in my mind Phantom Thread was going to win because yeah. you know it's about dresses. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. You guys see them, Phantom Thread? I did. I did. I, I I got to it the morning of after looking online everywhere to find a stream. I finally found it. Uh, my uh, opinions it. on the movie are mixed, but overall, I thought the costumes are really good. So, did they win? Any I can't argue with awards? their choice. I don't think they won any more awards. So, if you want to get into your thoughts about the Phantom Thread, I'm willing to get into it with you right here. Oh, okay. Um, so throughout the whole movie, I was kind of confused what they're trying to say here about like what yeah. the whole theme was. Just because, like, you have all this, the back and forth sort of relationship with the two. And you have, like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, he's the stubborn artist type. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the actress's name. Um, You guys remember the actress's Uh, name? The the sister or the uh, love interest? The love interest. Uh, I did find um, the sister really funny. Yeah. Yeah, the but, sister was uh, uh, Leslie Manville, and she was. I enjoyed the sisters because, as someone with a sister, uh-huh. I, I got that relationship. Like I understood that, but uh, yeah, I, for, I forget who played the love interest in it. Well, um, I mean, she was fine too, but yeah. Well, just with the love interest, like I almost didn't understand why she would wanted to stay with him. Like, don't their their relationship never felt. Like they really connected. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. The actress was Vicky Crepes, I think. Vicky Crepes, okay. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I I do I don't love Paul Thomas Anderson movies, uh, and this is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Ryan. Just so you know. Okay. Um, I, I assumed. Yeah. Uh, and it just it, it felt like we're waiting for something interesting and fun to happen. And it just kind of went along. And I totally agree with the statement about how it doesn't make sense why she would want to stay in the relationship. But I think that also goes both ways. I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah. 
Daniel Day-Lewis's character wanted to be in the relationship in the first place. I mean, I, I guess she's pretty, but there's, I mean, there's more reasons than that. To The sense I got is that Daniel Day-Lewis's character was just, just wanted her because she, like, she was the ideal dress. A human mannequin. Yeah. And then, uh, I just assumed the love interest forgot her name again um yeah I, I got the vibe that she was she was trying to do the thing where she gets through a stubborn person's heart sort of thing and yeah both of their attempts don't work and that's why i don't feel like they ever connect and maybe maybe that's the, what the movie's trying to say that like maybe it can't it's hard to maybe that's the message but that's why i was confused because i didn't really get what, what they were trying to say yeah not I, I agree. It's it just felt like a lot of stuff not like stuff happened but like nothing really happened. Just kind of went yeah. along and that's like that was the movie. I hope you enjoyed these this 2 hours of stuff. 2 hours of dresses. Exactly. Exactly. And again, the dresses were pretty. They should yeah, deserving were. for costume design. But, you know. Yeah. So, okay. All right. All right. Let us move on then to makeup and hairstyling. Mm-hmm. The most important of the categories. Yes. Where the Academy chose the darkest hour mm-hmm. to win this category, uh, which I actually correctly guessed. Nice job, Brian. Thank you. I worked very yeah. hard. Yeah, it's just basically what they did with Gary Oldman and Winston Churchill. They just completely transformed him. Uh-huh. And it worked. I mean, they also transformed uh, Jacob Tremblay in Wonder. Um, yeah. But it was less, not as big profile. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they gave the edge to uh, Darkest Hour. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really think any of the other ones would beat it. it yeah. Gary Oldman doesn't even look like himself anymore. Yeah, it, it's a really shocking transformation. Ah. And I didn't. I mean, I knew it was Gary Oldman going into it, and I also knew it after I left the theater, but when I was watching it, I was really kind of transformed. So, yeah. yeah, cool. Moving on, sound mixing. Yep. And sound, sound editing. We can group them together. Yeah. Both sound mixing and sound editing were won by Dunkirk, mm-hmm. which I missed on both of them, but yeah. Errol did not. Yep. I mean, like I said in uh, film editing, I picked – I thought uh, – Dunkirk was going to win two out of the three, and Baby Driver was going to win the third one. Um, but I thought that was actually everyone's thought processes, which would make it be so two-thirds would go for Dunkirk for all three different categories, even if they split that last vote. Yeah. And Dunkirk would end up winning all three. And that worked out in my favor. So I'm not complaining. And yeah. Dunkirk, again, uh, sound-wise, that's... That's the part that for Dunkirk stands out the most to me. I think uh-huh. what they did with sound when building tension and all that is done really well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought uh, Blade Runner 2049 might have got something because that movie and just that universe itself has a lot of unique sort of sounds and stuff. Yeah. And the way they use music and all that. I thought it might have won something, but I'm not surprised Dunkirk won, and I think yeah. it probably deserves it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought Blade Runner, what they did 
in some aspects were interesting and fine, but what Dun- Dunkirk was next level on that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would also say Baby Driver is again with the syncing the whole movie to music. That's, I mean, I don't think it's been done before in a featured film with everything edited so. Yeah, not to that time. extent, definitely. Uh, so, well, yes, I do see it in Blade Runner. I think the Dunk- Dunkirk and Baby Driver are a step ahead, which is why Dunkirk yeah. took it. Yeah. So, all right. All right, moving on then with more sound-based items. We have a mm-hmm. best original song was won by Remember Me from Coco, which I did get correct because Coco was phenomenal. And Coco was amazing. Remember Me had a lot to do with why it was amazing. Yeah, I remembered this <laughs> when I was picking, and I got it right as well. Yeah. yeah. So with uh, I-, I never got to see Coco. What? And you saw everything... <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, so all I was basing off was is the uh, performances they gave for each song yeah. in the Oscars. And that's why I was kind of like, I was kind of confused. So does <laughs> the song, like, kind of, it's, like, integral to the story type of thing? Yeah, the song is super important to the story. Uh, for Remember Me, it's like, I, I mean, it, it, we kind of talked about this on last episode, but yeah. it, it takes on different roles and meanings as the story goes on, and yeah. they play it differently each time as well. And so, and it, each different time they play it, it gets more and more impactful. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave it at that because I don't want to talk about it because it would spoil, I guess, the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should watch it. You really, it's a great movie. It's my favorite movie of last year. So yeah, let's get to that. Um, I will also put a quick note for uh, all the performances mm-hmm. of Best Original Song. It was a really smart movie, or a really smart move uh-huh. for them to use a digital bell <laughs> during that performance. Uh-huh. I think they learned from the mistakes that was in the movie. Kyle, you will not get this joke because <laughs> you haven't seen the movie. But, okay. uh, yeah, they used the digital bell. No one got crushed. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Sent to the other side. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other performances were really good too. I I was a big fan of uh, the stand up for something, which was common, and uh, I think Audrey Day's performance. Yeah. Uh, and I thought they were great. Um, that being said, I just the song "Remember Me" is a little bit better. Um, also, fun fact: Bobby Lopez uh, was the first ever double EGOT winner. Wow. He has two Emmys, two Grammys, two Oscars, and two Tonys. Actually, he has three Grammys and three Oscars, I think. Wow. Or wait, uh, three Grammys and three Tonys. Three Grammys, three Tonys. Or three Emmys and three Tonys. I don't know. It's some combination of two twos and two threes, but he's really good, and he did a great job, and I love Bobby Lopez. Also, shouts to Kristen Anderson Lopez, who also got the award with him, just I don't think has the second uh, Tony or yeah. something. Yeah. I was I was hoping for a mystery of love just because Call Me By Your Name was the only movie for the original songs that I actually saw. Mm-hmm. And I like the general vibe and feeling of the song. It's very laid back. Yeah. Kind of a relax to it. Yeah. I also note that during the performances, uh, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman got a very wild round of applause from the audience. Uh, so oh, yeah. for, for a minute or two there, I thought it was going to win. Yeah. I got scared. 
but I was right. So yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, more song-based categories. Best original score went to The Shape of Water, which mm-hmm. I think did not come to a surprise to you, Errol. Um, did not come to a surprise to me just because I, I mean, it was more just process of elimination. I don't think any of the other categories were really that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the, actually, I, I will say Phantom Thread um, yeah. was the score for that is actually like that stuck in my head for a couple days. Um, and I thought that was done really well, but I didn't see that movie until after I <laughs> made my pick. Uh, so I am happy. I, I was more than happy sticking with Shape of Water, and I was right. So, yep. Yeah. It, the score is great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Felt kind of sad that, uh, I mean, you have John Williams and Hans Zimmer, both of which are really yes. well known for their scores. And neither one of them had really scores that stood out compared to the other work. And I feel like that's why they didn't yeah. win an award. I agree. And I think that's also kind of going up and down this list that theme kind of goes through with these veterans that do a good job good enough to get them nominated Mm -hmm. but not necessarily that level to get them uh the win and you know we see that uh you know just throughout like nolan and dunkirk uh, director even though i'm sure you will disagree with that once we get up there Uh, (laughs) but yeah Either way, um, I think there was lots of instances like that. Yep. All right. Next, the most popular category, best foreign language there. film. Yeah, foreign language film. Went to A Fantastic Woman. Yes. And I am fantastic because I got it right. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. Kyle, had you seen any of these movies? Mm-hmm. Nope. Neither have I. Nope. All right. Moving. <laughs> moving on. Best documentary feature went to Icarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ryan, you got this one right. I did get this one right because yes. it was the only one I had heard of before. Yeah. So, but this is also another Oscar for Netflix as well. I think it's Netflix's first Oscar. Is it their first one? I'm pretty sure it's their first Oscar. Okay, well, good for them. Yeah. yeah. So they, good for Netflix. Um, it's also ridiculous what happened in Icarus. I still haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but like, they were, like the they were set out to make a movie about, uh this or th- this bicycle rider amateur said i wonder what happens if i take you know drugs if mm-hmm. i if i use steroids he takes steroids and then he meets with this one guy he's like well i give all the drugs and steroids to russia he's like wait you give <laughs> steroids to all of russia oh <laughs> mm-hmm. let me find out more about this and the documentary completely changed and just being able to do that uh, in a documentary is pretty big yeah um and i think it was just i think that and also the cultural impact of getting russia banned from uh the olympics and just the impact that the movie had probably added uh, do you think that's why it might have won just because the you know the timing and the fact that they were banned i think it's definitely part of it yeah Uh, i mean not having seen any of these i can't really judge on the quality of the documentary yeah but you know, yeah. It definitely had a very large impact, and that's not something most documentaries have. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Best Animated Feature. Yeah. Which obviously went to Coco because yes. it is the well, not best to Kyle, animated because he hasn't seen it. It's true. Kyle just Well, I mean, I just assumed Pixar would win. Yeah, it's not a terrible guess. I mean, Coco, 
is amazing and definitely deserving of winning uh, Best Feature, a uh, Best Animated Feature, also Best Picture, but that did get nominated. That's some um, argument for another day. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really good. Yeah, obviously, Boss it. Baby should have won. Like, come on. <laughs> Boss Baby wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it. I've seen that movie like three times. Granted, twice <laughs> were on the same day because I was with my little cousins. They were like four years old. And they loved that. They watched it two times in a row. Did those babies boss you around? Yeah. <laughs> they did. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah. I wanted right. to see Loving Vincent, but I never got around to it. Yeah, I heard so. visually it was cool. Just, I, I don't know. For me, it seemed weird. Like, I felt like it would take too long to animate an entire film in the style of Ingo, which is an undertaking that's unbelievable. And I yeah. give them all the credit in the world for that. But it just sounds boring to me. So, yeah. Right. Well, speaking okay. of boring, Ryan. <laughs> Next up, we have Best Adap- Adapted Screenplay, yeah, which was won by Call Me By Your Name over My Darling Logan, uh, which should have won, but did not. Yeah. I got this right. However, I did not want to because Call Me By Your Name is a stupid movie. Nothing happens. Oh. <laughs> it's more so... more lukewarm takes here from Arrow. <laughs> I mean, again, I can reiterate the points that I've... Like, I get why it means a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It just... But for me, it just... I, yeah. I, I couldn't get into it. I fell asleep. I woke up and the guy was in, in, enjoying... Uh, well, an apricot? What was it? A peach? Oh, I, for, some, I think it was a peach. Some, it was a some, peach. Some fruit. Some orange was, fruit. Oh god, it, it was peach. It yeah, was uh, peach. weird. Yeah, it's like I I fell asleep. I woke up. He and Army Hammer in the bedroom with uh, a, a a glazed peach, if you will. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was I was out. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a hard no for me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I will say there's a lot of overlap between people for whom this movie means a lot and people who. Uh, work in the entertainment industry so that might have something to do with it it might yeah i mean i also think the other movies in this category it wasn't going to go to the disaster artist especially after all the stuff that came out about james franco right after he got the nomination yeah it probably wasn't going to go to logan as good as that movie was but Mm -hmm. it's a superhero movie and i think they aren't going to give that the time of day until next year um molly's game i heard was fine mudbound i heard was fine but not nothing next level. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been nominated for best picture. So, yeah. I think "Call Me, Call Me by Your Name" was the easy choice, um, even though it wasn't enjoyable for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I like "Call Me by Your Name," but I was actually hoping for Logan to win, just because I thought if it won, then more superhero movies would try to maybe push for, you know, those more. Yeah in-depth stories and all that well i think we're gonna get that because i mean black panther um what that movie did and we're gonna talk about that later in this episode yeah uh what black panther did uh i think is taking it to the next step because it had all the superhero stuff but it also had that other layer of you know its impact on society or like the impact that it has on society or I guess the impact that these characters had on the society around them. 
And they were also hardcore setting up the stage for Black Panther to get nominations next year. Oh, yeah. Like, Chadwick Boseman was there. They were ta- like, When they were talking about some of the big movies of this past year, mm-hmm. um, like, they lumped in Black Panther with, like, all the stuff from last year, even though, like, the movie had just come out. Like, they were sure. already talking about it on the same level as a Get Out, as, you know, the other pictures that are nominated. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's good. That's a good sign. I, I'm not positive what awards it's going to get nominated for, but Best Picture wouldn't surprise me. Best Director for Ryan Coogler wouldn't surprise me. Best Supporting Actor uh, for Michael B. Jordan, who's the greatest person ever. Um Cinematography. Cinematography for Rachel Morrison, uh, who was nominated. Also, you know, I mentioned this in the last episode, and I just want to mention it again. Rachel Morrison, first female ever nominated for cinematography, and my guess is next year she'll be the first female to be nominated two years in a row. Yep. So. I mean, I'm worried that, you know, just because it came out in February, by the time it kind of gets around the Oscar season again, a lot of the... I guess hype around the movie is going to be died down. It might it might get like a couple of nominations, but I don't think it's going to get a lot. Well, I hear what you're thing. saying, but the reason why I disagree with that is because Get Out came out around the same time uh, last year, yeah. and that not only didn't totally die, it came back. It got a nomination for Best Picture, Best Director, Best uh, Actor in a Leading Role, and Best Original Screenplay. Yeah. Those are like four of the biggest categories you can get nominated for in that movie, even though it was released, you know, over a year ago, still made waves. Mm-hmm. So True. I that's why I think Black Panther is going to hold on. I think the cultural impact is similar, um, if not a, a little bit greater than Get Out. Uh, I mean, the cultural impact is greater than Get Out, but I think what it has to say about that culture is yeah on a similar level. And I don't know, my fingers are crossed for next year. Yep. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have best original screenplay, mm-hmm. where the Academy chose Get Out. Speaking of, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. We finally got to another category that I got wrong. I'm very sorry. Yeah. I mean, as I said on the last episode, this is the hardest category for me. Mm-hmm. It's all movies that I'd seen, all movies that I really enjoyed. Well, Except all for- movies that I knew some people really enjoyed. <laughs> um, Mainly referring to Lady Bird being kind of boring and not my type of movie, but whatever. Um, Same. You know, three. I picked three billboards because out of those, I thought it was the best combination of what Academy votes for and what I enjoyed, which is why I went with that over Shape of Water and Lady Bird and Get Out and Big Sick. But I think what I missed is how important that. Uh, or how important the impact Get Out had on on, on the culture, um, mm-hmm. both with what it said in the movie and both with how people watched it. I did not realize how important that was into how the voting went for the movie. And, uh, you know, it was like hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty. When I was watching the movie, I knew that was going to be the category, one of the categories I got wrong. Um, and I was right. I was wrong. Um, but yeah, went to... Went to Jordan Peele, definitely deserving. Uh, it's a really yeah. well done screenplay, um, and all those stuff, all, all of the important stuff that they, I wouldn't say subtly included, but uh, all, all of the layers, all of the layers that this movie had, uh, really made it stand out. So, mm-hmm. I have to give this movie props. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought Jordan Peele was going to get the uh, directing nomination, and I thought uh, three billboards would get the screen uh, original screenplay. But uh, I, I could I could see that being one of the ways it played out. However, I thought Guillermo del Toro was. I mean, spoiler for what I'm about to say in five categories. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was a tour de force for director, which means I would think they would give it to a different movie for original screenplay, um, which would mean either Get Out or Three Billboards, and, well, went to Get Out. Yep. yep. So. All right. Best actor in a supporting role went to Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards Outside Epping, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, I believe this is one that you correctly predicted, Errol. Yes. Yeah. I got this one right. And the last one, you got wrong. Yep. Yeah. Um, I got this one. Just Sam Rockwell was great in this movie. And uh, on top of that, he's won all the awards before. He was just kind of, it was his moment. Mm-hmm. And I also feel, I mean, not to go too far ahead, it's the same for the other acting awards. Mm-hmm. It, it was all of their moments. It, there wasn't anyone that really threatened to, you know, steal a, steal a win. Yeah, I think all the actors yeah. that won were supposed to win. Well, at least that's what I thought. Vegas thought, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't really have anything to add there. I thought, yeah, I thought he's gonna win it. So. Yeah. All right, let's move on then. Best actress in a supporting role went to Allison Jenning from I Tanya. Allison Janney. Mm-hmm. She's great. I hadn't seen uh, I Tanya before I made this pick. Mm-hmm. I saw it afterwards. And it uh, agreed with my opinion. And what was your opinion? That she was very good. Allison Jan- Janney is lovely. Fair enough. Yeah. And she also had the, possibly the best opening to her uh, acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she just walked up there, waited for everyone to quiet down, and said, I did it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, it's, yeah. I enjoyed that. Um Dallas and Janie's great. So. I enjoyed that part very much. Yeah. Yep. yep. Cool. All actor right. Actor in a leading role? Yep. Best actor in a leading role went to Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. Yep. No surprise there. Yeah. No surprise. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's won all the awards. He did a great job in this role. Um, I heard some rumblings of Daniel Day Lewis getting some steam just because this is his last performance, but. Mm hmm. Didn't didn't get anywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. So kind of bad for Denzel Washington because there's been a lot of times he's been nominated. He got nominated last year, I think, too. Um. Yeah. It was last year Fences or was it two years ago? That was last year. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. They got nominated for Fences. I I think Fences is a much more deserving role to get the nomination. Like I. From I haven't seen uh, Roman J Israel Esquire, but. I've heard Denzel is good, but not much else is. And I think that's not... That usually shouldn't get the award. So, yeah. I know some people wanted uh, Daniel Kaluuya to win. I was kind of iffy. I mean, I don't think it was his performance that really made the movie, you know, stand out. But I I, I definitely agree. I mean, he was really good in the role that he was put into and he did everything that he could with it um just the movie wasn't necessarily about the care the that that actor's performance it was more about the story and uh 
the horror elements and then also i guess all of the comments on society so. yeah yeah all right actress in a leading role yep actress in the leading role went to Francis, Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand, yep. In Three Billboards yeah, Outside yeah. Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. She was great in that movie. And, yeah. Yeah. You had a lot to say last time. You know, you, know, you were you were very taken with Three Billboards and especially uh, Francis McDormand. So. Yes. That, she was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved her character. Definitely also, she won. gave a great, a great speech. She yeah. had one of the better speeches when she had all the uh, women nominees stand up throughout the the, the uh, call out for inclusion writers, which are super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so I remember uh, saying before they announced the winner, I remember saying that like if they were gonna pick Meryl Streep, I was just gonna like turn turn the thing off. Yeah, it, Mer- <laughs> Meryl Streep is great in the post. But she's also just Meryl Streep. There were other people that gave better performances. Like, this was Meryl Streep just doing Meryl Streep things, not doing next-level Meryl Streep things. So. I mean, the movie, The Posts, in general, to me, was just, like, the most Oscar-baity movie ever, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like Steven Spielberg said, hey, I want to make a good movie uh, and maybe win some awards. Hey, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep want to help out. Yeah. And... It got close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, reminds me of that other one that he did with Tom Hanks. Was it Bridge of, Bridge Spies? of Spies? Yeah, yeah. I actually like this one more than Bridge of Spies, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. So as we alluded to earlier, best director went to Guillermo. Yeah. Guillermo. Yeah. That Guillermo. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Yep. From Shape of Water. I think this was, uh, you know, again, not having seen any of these movies, this was like the obvious choice from, you know, basically everyone's perspective from what I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I thought Guillermo del Toro, like this was his, this was his movie. This is what like he, he wanted to make a movie like this. And then he's finally gotten enough recognition and been able to do enough that he was able to get enough money to make this ridiculous love story between a woman and a fish Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't make sense how they were able to do it but they're able to do it in a way that felt like Guillermo del Toro that I I could feel his presence throughout the movie yeah uh in a good way um and I, I, I thought his job directing I think was probably better than most other people's you know, like I thought other people were, were deserving of their nominations. Jordan Peele was great. Greta Gerwig was great. Paul Thomas Anderson. He tried. Uh, <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. Um, and Christopher Nolan, he did Christopher Nolan things. And I just thought Guillermo del Toro was like, this is his piece de resistance. Yeah. I don't know if I'm using that phrase right, but. I think um, that's more or less correct. Cool. I know words. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, Shape of Water wasn't my favorite movie that was nominated. I, I like some of the other ones more, mm-hmm. but I thought his style definitely is more unique, and it definitely like stands out more than, you know, mm-hmm. Dunkirk or something, which is 
just Christopher Nolan doing his thing and all that. So, yeah. And then with Lady Bird, nothing really about it made me think directing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I mean I'm I'm with you on Lady Bird. I will say this one thing: it probably should have gotten something. Yeah, because it was a should've. lot of people's favorite movie of the year. I don't think it should have been director. I also don't think it should have been original screenplay. I mean, I guess the best argument is for uh, Laurie Metcalf for actress in a supporting role, but also Allison Janney was so good. So it's just yeah, it got nominated uh, for a bunch of things in a tough year where. It, Although it was a really good movie, a lot of other movies just had elements that were a little bit better that overlapped with the elements of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, that, with stuff that this movie did really well. So, yeah, yeah. Just, just tougher for them. Mm-hmm. Also, shouts to Barnard, which is where my sister goes to school, where Greta Gerwig went to school. So, yeah, cool. Good, good for Barnard. Yeah. yeah. All right, then the uh, big category of the night. Yeah. Best picture mm-hmm. went to mm-hmm. Shape of Water. Yep. You sound very disappointed, Daryl. Is there a I reason? Do. I got this Fish one wrong. Movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got this one correct. Yeah, because because you like fish. Well, because there was a lot of buzz about it, and so there was a pretty huh. good chance it was going to win. That too. Yeah, I mean, again, I thought it was a toss up between The Shape of Water and Three Billboards, mm-hmm. and I picked the one that I like that I liked more, which is why I went with Three Billboards. Apparently, the Academy was more of a fan of this, you know, creature love story. And, yeah, I guess to each his own. I mean, I liked The Shape of Water was fine. I mean, I didn't love it, but I liked it. And I could see that artistically it stood out, yeah. which is why it, it makes sense why it would win. Also, just how the night was going after it won yeah. production design and Guillermo del Toro won director. It just it felt like it was the year. Mm-hmm. For Shape of Water, it just the whole time I just had a weird feeling, feeling that my prediction was going to be wrong, and unfortunately, my feeling was right. Yeah, but, yeah. I agree with you there on mostly all of that. Arrow, mm-hmm. I wanted three billboards to win. I don't really think Shape of Water should have won, just because I don't know. When you really look at it, the story isn't that like complex or that deep. It's just kind of like yeah, a well, simple I think love that's story. Part part of the reason why people liked it, the fact that it was, at least on a, on the surface level, something that's easy easy to grasp. That you know, viewers that watch it say, "Oh, this is a love story. I like love stories. I'm going to watch this and enjoy it." And yeah, I think that might have been part of the reason why. But I do understand what you're saying with how it was relatively simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like Three Billboards had a. I mean, I thought it worked on both just entertainment level and on a deeper level because you did have those comedic moments to yeah. bounce back with the uh, the harder-hitting moments. And, I mean, in that movie, you had some sort of... You had some character... Some sort of character arcs, and I like the way they did the uh, ending. I mean... Yeah. And some people don't, but I kind of like the ambiguity. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, that is also part of the reason why Three Billboards didn't take it. There was a decent amount of movement late uh, talking about how for Three Billboards, spoilers, Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, there's this character that just, you know, Sam Rockwell's character who just, 
beats people up and is the worst person imaginable. And then, you know, about two-thirds through the movie, he starts a redemption arc. While in real life, we really should be thinking, oh, this character shouldn't get that. He should be punished for the terrible things that he's done. And also, to a lesser extent, Francis McDormand, who blew up a police station and then just went off scot-free. <laughs> it's like it, these these characters are are bad people um and there was lots of or a decent amount of i guess discussion late about like well, what message are we sending by mm-hmm. saying these characters that did horrific things just letting them go and just do whatever they want so yeah what do you think ryan uh again i don't see any of these movies but after the Oscars, I learned something interesting about how they do the voting for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. I feel like we should talk about that. Yeah. So they use an instant runoff system where uh, you know, if one uh, if one movie does not get a majority of the votes, then they you know, take off some of the lower ones that didn't get as many and reallocate those votes to the voter's second choice. Yeah. So if one doesn't get... The majority they take i guess the lowest yeah the lowest movie and reallocate all of that movies all the people that pick the lowest movie they take their second pick mm-hmm. and they make that the new first pick and they add that in and then they count again and if it's not, still not a majority i think they do that until they get there yeah so there's okay. a benefit in that system to you know this something like this where there's a whole bunch of nominees no one's likely to win on the first go yeah. Uh, so then there's a benefit to maybe not being everyone's favorite, but being everyone's second favorite or third favorite. And I felt like Shade yeah. of Water probably had some of those second favorite yeah. votes. That's Definitely. You know, it probably had a fair amount of you know wide enough appeal to the kind of people who vote uh, as part of the academy. Yeah. You know that even if you know they like Get Out more or you know. Uh, maybe not three billboards, but some of the other ones that were not quite as likely to win that their votes would eventually make their way to yeah. Shape of Water. I mean, I I would guess a lot of people who picked Call Me By Your Name, which I don't think was ever really a contender to win it. Yeah. That might have been the last place one. And that one, I'm sure, had a lot of second place votes for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. they both talk about, I guess, the theme of being, you know, LGBTQ. Yeah. And... I think that probably helped. Um, I mean, again, that might just be me be me projecting how bad I think "Call Me by Your Name" is. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. There's also a chance that it was the post. Uh. I think the people who voted for the post probably went. Well, maybe they went for the Shape of Water because the post was relatively safe, and so was the Shape of Water, with the exception of, you know, the, the fish thing. Yeah. So. Safe in air quotes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Cool. So, any any final Oscar thoughts? Um, let's I mean, see. I'm kind of surprised La La Land didn't win this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys see that part where uh, Guillermo del Toro he uh, checked the oh, yeah, uh... he, yeah he, he double checked the envelope just to make sure that he won. <laughs> it's so good, especially it was right in uh, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty's face. Like he took the envelope and like in their face, just like, look, is this it? And oh, it's so good, <laughs> so good. Yep. So, yeah. um, I don't know. 
nothing sticking out to me right now, but if I remember it, I'll probably say something at the wrong time yeah. about it. Sounds uh, like a plan. And, hmm? Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we'll just end off. You know, I got 10 correct. Errol got a very impressive 20 correct. Mm-hmm. The Academy, however, got 24 out of 24 correct. So yeah. I think they, wow. they won the day. I think they have it rigged. Mm-hmm. They definitely have it rigged. They, they know a guy on the inside. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. Oh, actually, I, before we completely move on for the Oscars, what do you think of uh, Jimmy Kimmel and the show itself? Yeah. Um, I thought it went pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt the the, uh, the audience participation thing, or where they go off to like normal people. Oh, yeah, when I they was... went to see the Wrinkle in Time crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was better last year. It was, was better last year. This time, I just felt kind of bad for the people watching. Oh, yeah, no, I... I (laughs) Movies interrupted. I mean, well, I I actually, when I was watching that, my thought was, oh, I feel so bad for Meryl Streep. She just has to sit here and just watch whatever is going on and not really do anything. Because you're sitting there for like 20 minutes while nothing happens. Yeah. And, you know, at least my my thoughts was poor Meryl Streep. I'm sure there was plenty (laughs) of other people that were bored as well, but Meryl Streep is in the center of the screen and got my attention. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It wasn't, that part wasn't great. I also thought the intro, it could have used like a musical number or something. Uh-huh. Um, and how they started it was, I guess, hearkening back to like old timey film uh, things where they had, you know, Jimmy Kimmel talking in an old timey film voice about <laughs> a couple of people sitting in the first couple rows using jokes that were fine. You know, like they were funny, not hilarious. Um, and I just thought the show kind of started started a little bit slow. And I also thought the audience, especially with all of the, I guess, the worry about social issues going mm-hmm. around, they yeah. were a little bit timid. They didn't want to be the uh, one person laughing at the Harvey Weinstein joke. Yeah. Um, just because those topics have become super taboo, especially in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So I think there was the intro or the beginning the opening monologue like while i thought the jokes were good it didn't have it didn't have the right or didn't get enough energy to get the show really off the ground and go in full speed it got there i thought the show was done well and they kept it you know ended it before midnight as yeah as is their plan <laughs> and you know yeah it was it was fine mm-hmm. it was fine it wasn't extraordinary i thought last year's was better with the exception you know of course yeah. of the uh, best picture fiasco but, you know, it's, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a fine job. Yeah. So. I like the uh, 90 years of movie presentation thing they did. It's a nice Yeah, they, they had know, lots of montage. Yeah, lots of callbacks to classic film. They had in the middle. I thought it went a little bit long, partially because I wasn't yeah. fully paying attention at the beginning. And then I looked up, oh, this isn't a, isn't a commercial. And then I watched for a little bit and it's like, wait. And I look back at my phone and then I look back up, you know, two minutes later. It's like, oh, it's still going on. <laughs> not necessarily that it's bad and i'm sure if i watch it in its entirety with the with the knowledge of knowing what it is mm-hmm. i would probably get a lot more out of it that being said i did i didn't in the moment so yeah did you guys see that um like fake commercial for the uh the uh, uh what's, the, what's the hotel's name or it's the hotel from the shining oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That, was that was good great that was good yeah that was great that was very funny <laughs> uh, oh it's the overlook hotel that's what it was yeah the overlook hotel mm-hmm. 
That's good. All right. Shall we get into Black Panther? Let's get into Black Panther. Yeah, I think so. All right. So I guess should we do spoiler-free first? Spoiler-free first. Quick Oof. hot takes or well, quick takes. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to be hot until we get into the spoilers. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about Michael B. Jordan, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Please <laughs> um, control yourself. Uh, yeah. So, Ryan? Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, Sure. This was a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I think it will do pretty well at the Oscars next year mm-hmm. and that they were setting it up for that as well. Um, yeah. You know. Disney also has announced that they're going to make a push for it. Really? Like they're, they're, they're going to, for, for this movie and for uh, Mary Poppins, they're going to try to get it out some Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. So, okay, continue. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't want to step too much on what I think you're about to say, but you know the box office was better than people, and by people I mean the internet predicted. Uh, yeah. You know, and that was fantastic, both because this movie deserved it, but also it means that movies like it uh, will continue yes. to get made. That that that's that's yeah. the biggest part. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, the movie just crossed a billion dollars. I know. Uh, well, already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's huge. It's already crossed uh, 500000 for both, you know, domestic and international. Uh-huh. It's raking in all the monies. Uh, it's doing very well. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. It's the African-American community in film is this extremely underserved, you know, demographic that, you make movies like Get Out. You make movies like Black Panther. They seem like surprise hits, but they're not really. Yeah. Like if if you like pay attention a little bit, you know that's what's gonna. Yeah. You can you can kind of you know read the room. Yeah. Like Disney and you know, uh, Hollywood Reporter and Deadline all had the predictions from one fifty to one sixty. Mm-hmm. You know, my prediction was one eighty, mm-hmm. although I didn't really tell anyone the prediction before the movie came out so it wasn't really a prediction but whatever <laughs> um but and then it got 200 in its opening weekend domestic yeah. and that's it's ridiculous and it's doing so much better overseas mm-hmm. than i thought it would because you know normally these movies like a get out they don't do well overseas but because it has the attachment of being a marvel superhero movie they can just advertise it like that it's like oh it's another awesome marvel movie and they'll go watch it yeah so it's this movie is just destroying everything it's already the second highest grossing superhero movie uh or solo superhero movie yeah uh, beating out uh, the dark knight uh and now just second to the avengers which mm-hmm. is huge yeah so yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what i gotta say about monies yeah opening mm. thoughts kyle um i like the movie a lot i can't say it's my favorite marvel movie um but overall, it, it's a really well-made superhero movie. I don't have a lot of issues with it. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get into issues later. Spoilers. But um, I think it definitely changes up a lot of the... Or at least tries to change up the typical Marvel formula. Yeah. And um, I think the fact that it did so well is probably going to affect... A lot of the later MC movie, MCU movies, I feel like, you know, once Robert Downey Jr. is out, is out because he's going to be out at some point, that... Uh, Let's hope that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> that 
Black Panther's sort of be, sort of going to become the new like almost center, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I, to- I totally get what you're saying, and like Black Panther, I think after this response, like the next wave of Marvel is going to be more focused around. Uh, Black Panther around Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, yeah. know, around I guess this new wave of characters. We're still probably going to get whichever characters don't get killed off in Infinity Wars. They're probably going to be sticking around at least to some extent. Yeah. Um, but probably yeah, Black Panther is going to have a huge role. And then also talking about this is one of the first Marvel movies to push the bound. It's really the first Marvel movie that pushes that really pushes the boundary on commenting on like society. Uh, yeah. You know m- more so than. You know, just some of the, I guess, political thriller stuff in Winter Soldier, maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Winter but, Soldier and Civil War had, like, the political side of that. I mean, they, they, they had aspects of it. I think this mm-hmm. is the first one that really pushed the envelope on it. Yeah. That went to a point that really helped with the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Civil War and Winter Soldier, they brought up the question. This one really analyzed the question. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I, that's awesome. And then also, I think we should talk about the cast. It's just it's ridiculous how good everyone was. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was amazing. Like, yeah. I'm going to talk about, or I probably could if you wanted me. I could talk about Michael B. Jordan's performance in this movie for a while. He was so good. <laughs> like, literally after watching this movie, um, my thoughts are, who, who in Hollywood... Is a like what I rather want to see in a movie. Uh-huh. Like out of all the actors that are currently working, if I want to put one in a movie, no one is beating Michael B. Jordan. Like yeah. he is the best right now. Like I I don't want to see. He's so charismatic. So like I wouldn't necessarily say lovable as in like cuddly or whatever, but like just you can't stop watching him. He's so good, mm-hmm. and he he just he does everything right in this movie. And it's it's amazing, and that's also not to take away from the other performances because Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther is amazing. Lupita Nyong'o is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the uh, Dora Milaje, I think. I think so. The Dora, whatever. It's close enough. We'll figure it out. Um, they were all awesome, especially Okoye, um, Shuri, Black Panther's sister. Mm-hmm. Just like across the board, just ridiculously amazing. Yeah, the the depth of the acting power in this movie was amazing yeah like leaving this movie i could see every single character being someone's favorite character Mm -hmm. like everyone was so good everyone had their moments where they shined where they had i guess that little extra um yeah awesomeness and i just across the board everyone was awesome also winston duke as uh the leader of the uh monkey people it's great They, they were gorillas not monkeys it's close enough you get what i'm talking about just yeah <laughs> across the board is just amazingly acted ryan coogler did an amazing job directing and uh i think i should probably stop <laughs> hyping this movie as much as i am but it's I, I love it yeah it's really good i think this also has uh kind of implications for the mcu not so much in terms of you know characters and story mm-hmm. but it's also another step towards mo- having movies that uh get away from the formula by having a director with a style and allowing them to really go with their style. Like Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Taika Waititi in 
Thor Ragnarok, uh, you know, also had his style really come through, and that movie did pretty well too. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as we, as the MCU continues to build, you know, people know the formula, and one of the ways they're trying to avoid superhero fatigue is yeah by letting these directors really take shots in ways that are unique to them. Yeah. I mean, I think James Gunn is the first one that that really did it with Guardians. Mm-hmm. And still doing it with Guardians 2 and Guardians 3 coming yeah. out whenever that comes out. But yeah. Yeah. You know, Marvel's got, you know, the Russo brothers anytime they want to make like a Marvel movie. Yeah. But for, you know, the, the kind of side-ish, you know, if that's what you want to call the MCU, you know, movies, like the yeah the individual yeah. movies, you know, you can add flair like you would in the a comic book, you know, you would get different writers or different artists yes. for different yeah, storylines. Yeah, yeah. So, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, any other spoiler-free thoughts before we kick out all of our uninformed listeners? Not that I can think of. No. All right. Well, in that case, we will say goodbye to all of you poor souls who have not seen Black Panther yet. Yeah, it's been about a month. You, you should really go see it. I mean, I'm upset that we took it this long to podcast about it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to step up. Like, almost as much as Kyle needs to step up with Coco. watching Coco. Yeah. Yes. It's enough of that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, goodbye, everybody. Make sure you uh, subscribe and us on iTunes and all that jazz. Yes. Uh, check out Errol's other podcasts as well. Um, and I guess the next episode will be up pretty soon. I think we have some in the works for yeah. this month that are yeah. going to be very good. Our, our, our special March Madness podcast we have already recorded. Um, I was originally going to put them out before I put this one out, but then I realized I would have – I want to say four podcasts coming out in the span of five days. Yeah. And that seemed like a bit much. So we're going to give you this one, uh, a, a surprise one that I'm going to be recording tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably about a week after, we're going to get started with our uh, March Madness surprise. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Um, and come back after you see Black Panther. And now let's talk about some spoilers. All right. Yay. So, Errol. Yes. I know you have very strong thoughts about the actors in this movie. Michael B. Jordan is the best. Yes. Yeah. He should play every role in every movie ever. Every role? <laughs> Just about. <laughs> I kind of felt watching this that all the all the actors surrounding Chadwick Postman really kind of outshone him and to an extent I almost thought he was like the weakest actor in this bunch. And also that's not to say that he wasn't amazing as oh, Black yeah. Panther. It's just that everyone else was so good. Yeah, the bar was set very high. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it, it was just so good. I mean, so Killmonger, Eric Killmonger, turns out to be Black Panther's cousin. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's the, the the range that this character goes through, he starts off as just this, I guess, this thief mm-hmm. that is just a really cool thief. Um, but it, you don't really get why he's doing it. Yeah. And then as the movie progressed, we learned that, you know, we, we learned the story about his dad, um, you know, how his dad brother with uh, T'Chaka, mm-hmm. um, how their relationship fell apart after he sold, you know, stuff to uh, Ulysses Claw. 
and whatever, and now he's all salty. Yeah. But like <laughs> what Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger does, he takes this character, goes through, I guess, just this maybe not necessarily thug, but like a thug. Yeah. Uh in the beginning of the movie and takes goes back home to Wakanda finally and then like really like stands up for what he believes in Mm -hmm. even if like the ideas that he's pushing aren't necessarily the right like the correct opinions or what people should really think or believe um in i guess taking or because or whatever i'll talk about that in a second uh so he's pushing this i guess incorrect agenda uh but he believes it, and he makes us want to believe it, too. Even though we know he's the bad guy, we know he's in the wrong, we know we should probably be going with Black Panther on this one, but at the same time, we can't not want to yeah. go, like, root for him. Yeah. Like, he has so much depth. Like, his motivations for why he does what he does is just so strong and done so well. Um, and then, you know, they get into that, you know, final fight scene, and it's just, mm-hmm. he's great. Yeah. He's really good. I think some of the reason that the audience sympathizes with him and what he's trying to say so much yeah. is, you know, this story is about, you know, the, this king coming in and all, going through that same journey that yeah. Killmonger did, uh, you know, trying to solve the same problem, but, you know, trying to do it a different way. And so, a more peaceful way. Yeah. Both of these characters are trying to achieve the same thing and want to do good in the world uh but just have different ways of going about it and so it's not like a moral gray area so much as like you know he has good intentions and that's what gives you know at least partly what gives his character so much appeal and and before we go any further let's i mean let let me just mention what this conflict is Mm -hmm. just so people know what we're talking about um when Killmonger gets in power, he wants to use Wakandan's wealth and resources to empower oppressed people all around the world. Mm-hmm. However, he wants to empower them by, like with violence so they can upri- like take over the people above them, Yeah, which isn't necessarily the best way of solving the world's issues. Well, mm-hmm. you know, T'Challa sees the same problem and he wants to address it. He just doesn't know how without putting Wakanda in a position of weakness. Yeah. Um, or at least in the beginning, he doesn't see how, uh, or going out and just going, going, all, going through all out war. So it's like the movie's so good. Cause they put the main character in this moral dilemma. It's like this bad guy is kind of right, but uh-huh. he's also not doing it correctly. So he has to figure out how to agree with the bad guy, but also not agree with the bad guy and beat the bad guy without undermining the bad guy. And yeah. it's just that type of, I guess conflict in a superhero movie is, I don't think I've, I don't remember seeing anything like it Mm -hmm. at least as of yet. Yeah. At least not done as well as it has been. No, it's just definitely, I think the first time I've seen something like that. Yeah. But Kyle, what do you think? Um, you guys have already said a lot of what I've basically thought, but I was just going to ask, what you guys thought about the fact that they killed him off. Because I don't think they should have. But in the movie, I think they pulled it off well enough. Like, they, yeah. they gave it a reason why he would want to die. But I almost just wish that he didn't die. 
so we could have him in more movies. I yeah, I mean it's. Um, I am a hundred percent with you because mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure that many other people that want to see Michael B. Jordan more things <laughs> more often, uh, but I also think that the way that he went out was super powerful, mm-hmm. like in a way that I think other characters haven't been given like in, in a way that's just better than i've seen before uh mm-hmm. with the bad guy yeah you know, going down like like normally when you see the bad guy die mm-hmm. it's like okay bye thank you it's about time but when yeah. you see this character dies like wait no we, he, he should he should stick around like yeah he can actually maybe like if, if he changes his opinions he could help or you know it's like i just don't want to don't want to see Michael B. Jordan not be in any more of these movies because he's so good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I, Kyle, I totally agree with you on that point because I, I mean, I don't, I'm sad to see him die, but the way they did it was in such a powerful way that I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can move on and just wait for the next Michael B. Jordan project. <laughs> but yeah. See, I'm just kind of unsure. Because they're obviously going to make a sequel. Yes. But, like, since they killed off him and the Claw, those are, I'm pretty sure, Black Panther's main those villains. Those are two main villains, yeah. yeah. So, it, it'll just fair. be interesting what they do next. Yeah. I mean, now that so. Wakanda's more open up to the world, I think they can find another villain for him. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I Also, I think that was probably... You know, one of the beats they had to hit in terms of progressing the MCU, just because mm-hmm. uh, you know now mm-hmm. that Wakanda is open and part of the world, uh, it will j- kind of justify the Earth military using Wakanda technology and having advanced stuff, you yeah. know, holding their own, which maybe against helps. Thanos. Yeah, which helps with Infinity War. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can. I mean, that definitely helps. Yeah. But the important thing is, it didn't feel like this. Oh, this is something they needed to throw in. It felt very natural. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, trying to think of a. Actually, I wanted to connect back to something from before mm-hmm. when we were talking about it getting nominated for yeah. next year's Oscars. Um, after seeing this movie. And Wonder Woman, I'm afraid, like, those higher-up executives are going to get the wrong idea here. Or they're just going to think that, oh, it's a movie, it's the it's the first superhero movie starring a woman. And it's the first superhero movie with an all-black cast. So instead of, like, you know, really trying with these movies, I'm afraid they're just going to make it into, like, a gimmick but they'll yeah. just say it's the first yeah. of this kind of superhero and mm-hmm. that's how they get money sort of thing i mean, I, mean I, I'm not I, sure. I definitely see where you're coming from that's an definitely a point for me that has at least crossed my mind um a little bit more so with wonder woman um, yeah we're you know now they see oh wonder like wonder woman it's an awesome female superhero let's you know just make more movies starring a female superhero but then they just go and make Catwoman. Uh, they, exactly. They make movies like 
like Catwoman. I, I'm not sure what that next movie is because we haven't seen, I guess, the next female superhero movie. I don't think it's going to be Captain Marvel because um, I think Marvel's taking their time yeah, uh, and making sure they do that story right. Same deal with uh, Black Widow because I'm sure if they wanted to just jump out and make a Black Widow movie after Wonder Woman, if they knew it would be... It, it would be they also knew that it would be successful before Wonder Woman came out, but they want to make sure they have the right story mm-hmm. that tells this, you know, that goes into this complicated character that has lots of troubling spots that could potentially hurt the character more than it helps. Yeah. Um, you know, as we saw in uh, Age of Ultron, where a lot of people had an issue with how Black Widow was handled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, w- with all that said, I do hope more films like this are made and i think there definitely is space to be worried about bad movies that try to copy it and then yeah those bad movies people get tired of them which means studio execs were just gonna stop making them i am worried about that however I, it's 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 something that we're gonna have to go through and i i think you know without movie these these big successful movies that do it well we're not going to get more big successful movies that do it well yeah. Even if we're going to get a couple, you know, feet of crap before we get back to the yeah. successful one. Yeah. And I, th- I think at least Marvel's going to do a good job with it. Um, and we'll we'll see. We will see. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, kind of like what you said, the, the difference is that Wonder Woman and Black Panther are not just, you know, movies starring people who need a movie you know, who at this point. You know, yeah deserve one and haven't had one uh but they were also just good movies and yeah. you know it, there have been you know bad movies starring female characters before uh mm-hmm. and you know obviously it didn't kick off movement there so you know if ex- executives approve you know black widow or whatever that's you know because they think that a woman-led movie will do well i think that's okay so long as then it's then made by people who do it because they love the character yeah and i mean i know we're not doing news today mm-hmm. but the piece of news that came out relatively recently joss whedon is leaving batgirl which i think ties directly into this conversation i think what we learned through wonder woman and through black panther when you're making a movie about you know women uh, you should probably get females involved in the creative process. Yeah. Rather than a movie written and directed by a guy to talk about what this woman's going through. And I understand Joss Whedon has been successful with Buffy and mm-hmm. stuff like that before. But I think it's really important, you know, for movies about women to get female directors, for movies about African Americans or Africans or really any, all these different types of ethnicities and backgrounds getting people that understand what that background is and what that means uh, and being able to impart that Mm -hmm. uh, on the movie um, and taking the time and care to do it well yeah and i i think people get that i certainly hope they do Mm -hmm. um so we'll see and there's gonna be a couple more movies a couple more big movies that um that are going to start giving more opportunities to uh, African-American and female directors. Um, and, you know, even this weekend, uh, Wrinkle in Time, you know, directed yeah. by Ava DuVernay, who's amazing. So 
Yeah. We're, they're going to get opportunities. They're going to get chances, and hopefully it'll be good. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm kind of taking a look at the the Oscar categories here. Oh yes. Um, you know some of the things we touched on this before, but now we can go a little more in depth. Yeah. Uh, just you're looking at things like cinematography. Yeah. The way that the fight scenes were shot was just really good, especially the one uh, that happened at the you know secret casino. Yeah. Uh, mm. It was done in a single continuous shot style, which, which is ridiculous. Yeah. How they were able to pull that off, which is awesome. However, the mm-hmm. reason why I say it might get um, the cinem- cinematography is not because of that scene. Why? As cool as that scene was, mm-hmm. they've done one takes before in superhero movies. Yeah. And that hasn't gotten really mm-hmm. that much buzz. from the. That hasn't really picked up any steam for cinematography. The one shot that I will point to that I think is the most... The, the shot that sticks in my head the most vividly about this movie uh-huh. and the reason... And, like, probably is the best example of why I think Rachel Morrison should get the nomination next year mm-hmm. is the shot when Killmonger takes the throne. Oh, yeah, that shot. Starts oh. upside down and flips right side up. Yeah. It's so cool. And also it perfectly captures what we're supposed to be feeling with this, like, this confusion mixed with, like, the world turning upside down. Yeah. Uh, and just also, again, Michael B. Jordan is amazing and – just how he's captured in that shot, it works so well. And I think shots like that is why this movie is going to do well. Shots like that, and I also think shots like when Black Panther is uh, in, uh, what's it called? the, the dad, Meet your family land? Yes, meet, where he goes to meet his dad and his ancestors. Yeah. The shots like that, like in this open field, mm-hmm. uh that's also just really beautiful and i think that those shots are the reason why this movie is probably going to get cinematography or not maybe not probably i wouldn't say probably I, those are why i would argue that it should yeah get it for cinematography mm-hmm. I mean, i'd have to disagree on some parts sure because while those moments are really good and i do like the uh you know the upside down thing i especially like how they use the music and that because you know it's a lot of bass it feels very powerful yeah, but uh, with a lot of the fight scenes, the choreography—I mean, the cinematography—just doesn't work for me because it's a lot of quick cuts, mm-hmm. and or especially the beginning one, the one where it's in the dark. It's like I didn't find that fight scene very good because you can barely even see what's happening. It's just a lot of like flashes of light and you sometimes see black panther but the fact that it's so dark you can't really tell what's going on yeah and then i I, I have other gripes with the uh ending fight scenes but yeah i i are you referring to the one shot when black panther just kind of flies through the air and the camera's moving and he's moving and it totally looks like cgi well the whole fight scene very seems like a cgi thing i i i am with you on that spot However, I would not. Get, I would not take away from the cinematography for that shot. I would. That would be more for visual effects. I don't think it's going to get the visual effects nomination. No, I don't think so. No. If it's going to go to a Marvel film, it's going to go to uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the fight scenes aren't what's going to make it get cinematography. It's all the stuff in between, mm-hmm. and I think it does that really well. So. Yeah. So, what other categories do you think it might get nominated for? 
Um, costume design, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I didn't really think of it before. We're just going through the ballot costumes. Like they have a lot of great costumes that really yeah. capture, you know, Africa and mm-hmm. these characters, and also it's also Michael B. Jordan looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta give that some points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, so costume design. I think uh, production design kind of along that same thread. I would say probably. maybe probably less likely though. Okay. So I think production and design. Some some movies will take maybe. Well, again, I don't know. A Beauty and the Beast got a production design, so I I think it maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it. no, just because a lot of the grander shots of Wakanda, like when they enter it and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I guess like some of the fight near the end where they have like that one thing where the ships are all leaving from yeah a lot of it looks like very heavy cgi and it's kind of noticeable so i don't know if that's as much as like production side like the only the only spot that feels real is that like one marketplace area yeah you know what i mean you you could kind of feel the cgi a little bit um i don't necessarily know if that is i mean again that's maybe a little bit more anti-visual effects than it is anti-production design. Um, but I think, but like, I, I also definitely see what you mean. I, I understand where you're coming from with that. And I think it probably going to play some role. So, yeah. I mean, I'm only pointing out all the CGI stuff yeah, no, just I, because the first time I saw it, I didn't mind it. But the second time I saw it, it was like, well, this is really blaring to me. A lot of the CGI looks very noticeable and on the second viewing it took me out of the movie for some moments but uh yeah i I, i'm i'm with you i mean i think it annoyed me a little bit less because when i watch a movie i normally get like really into the movie and it's harder to take me out of it Mm -hmm. um but there was a couple shots that i'm 100 percent with you that were a little bit too cgi heavy that looked kind of like a video game then yeah rather than a movie so Mm -hmm. um what else what did you think of the score? I thought the score was really good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to get nominated because, again, the score is based a lot. I mean, part of it is you know based in African music. Also, part of it's based in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the Academy, I mean, I, they're adding a lot of new members, so it might be different now. But they're generally described as old white guys. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that that might not be necessarily the cup of tea. However, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, take that as you will. Um, yeah. That is better maybe... than a lot of Marvel scores. <laughs> yeah. And I would also add uh, sound editing and sound mixing, just because how it combined it. Mm-hmm. Combine that stuff with the action was well done. Um, yeah. I mean, like... I, again, I, I, I'm not expecting it to get those nominations. Um, but if it did, it wouldn't totally surprise me. Yeah. The the music that went along with that upside down twisting shot was also very distinct and dope. noticeable, and I think would yeah. totally get that editing mixing. Yeah, that that shot. Sort of I also think um the one shot that you were talking about when they were fighting in the casino, mm-hmm. and like when she jumps onto the I guess or when Okoye jumps on like the second deck, and uh-huh. it kind of gets like quiet, and then like you just hear the the drums and the bass, and it's like oh that's. 
that's what's up. Yeah. That that moment was like, oh, this is that's cool, and I think stuff like that might give it. I again, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, I, I probably would be surprised, but I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. So, uh, animated feature? Do you think it has a shot? I don't know. I think it's more of a documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. well, documentary short. Yeah, yeah, and very <laughs> short film. You can give it some points for documentary short. Um, what else? Um, adapted screenplay. Adapted screenplay, maybe. Mm-hmm. It'll probably get a uh, supporting actor or actress. Probably would, actor from Michael B. Jordan. I I, I yeah. would really like to see you get a supporting actor role. I just think it's one of the greatest performances we've seen mm-hmm. in a superhero movie or really any movie. It's it's just so good. Yeah. I mean, I also wouldn't be totally surprised if uh, Chadwick Boseman got a nomination because I thought his performance as Black Panther was not similar, but like the same impact. It left the same impact on me as like Daniel. Uh, Kaluuya mm-hmm. performance Get Out and like a really good performance and a really good movie but the movie was bigger than their performance yeah um, and yeah best director uh, maybe best director I think it has a it has a shot mm-hmm. like I think I'd be more surprised if it got some of the technical stuff for like sound editing or sound mixing uh, I'd be more surprised if that got a nomination rather than Kugler and directing yeah I think Kugler has a real shot mm-hmm um, you know, get out, pave the way, because uh, it's a horror movie, and horror movies don't usually get into these conversations. But yeah, here, here it was, <laughs> and you know, now I think Ryan Coogler get the next wave is with superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So I think it definitely has a shot for that, and then I guess also throw in Best Picture for good measure. <laughs> it's yeah. just a really good movie. So yeah, would this be the first like action, you know, action comedy kind of movie to make? A uh, best picture? No, no. Star Wars. Oh, I mean, there's. Yeah. I think there's others, but like yeah. Star Wars got mm-hmm. nominated. That's true. For best picture. Sure. Academy was different. Thirty, forty years, yeah. forty years ago. Yeah. And ago, now that I think about it, Lord of the Rings. Lord also. of the Rings, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this one takes it back. Oh, we'll we'll bring it back to this action mm-hmm. genre. Hopefully. Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, any other thoughts about Black Panther? Um, I wasn't, um, so, I guess, when when starting the whole film, they bring up, I guess, Black Panther's main, like, conflict, like, before yeah. Killmonger comes in, is about, like, uh, becoming a good king, or how to be a good king, oh, yeah. which is just a good warrior. Yeah. And, um... I don't know. I never, I never got the sense that he was bad at being king. Like, I also didn't get that sense either. I think it was more the pressure of living up to your to his father's name. Yeah, that's I think really what he had to go through and was I guess fully realized when he went back, uh, like the second time to ancestor land. Yeah, um, like when he talked to his father again, got to confront him about what his father did the first time around, mm-hmm. and. I think that's what, like that arc was realized at that moment. It was less about T'Challa saying, I'm going to be a terrible king, or it's more, I'm not going to be able to live up to my dad, which just, who just died. Yeah. This movie kind of had a big legacy theme. Yes. Both with, yeah. you know, T'Challa's father 
and trying to live up to that. But, you know, also everyone there was trying to decide what Wakanda's legacy was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, Kilmonger and Chitala had different ideas about how to go about doing that. Yeah. And that was kind of the, obviously the central That's That's conflict. the story. That's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, we should probably talk about all the cool stuff that was in the movie, mainly all of, like, Shuri's inventions and stuff. Oh, yeah. Which, like, it's Iron Man to the next level. Mm-hmm. The Black Panther suits are really cool. The whatever things that were coming out of her tiger cloth that she was using at the end, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, the, the suit being able to, like, come in and out from the necklace was just mm-hmm. a really smart idea. What else was there? It was just so much. The The beads. The beads. Yeah. Oh yeah, the um, I forget the name of the beads, but they like the Kamoyo beads. The Kamoyo beads, exactly. Yeah. They were like super. Like I, I don't, I didn't fully understand what they did because they did so much. <laughs> um, but they were cool. Yeah. Uh, what else? They um, had the you know, uh, Martin Freeman had that whole thing in the mm-hmm. uh the plane, virtually flying the plane. Oh yeah, the virtually operating a vehicle, which I mean, one Martin Freeman in the plane, but also with Sherry driving the Lexus. Yeah, uh, which was shamelessly plugged in the movie. Speaking of shameless plugs, you guys should listen to uh, Onset with Errol Koenig <laughs> and Popcorn Professionals available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Plus, also as Kyle just mentioned, the the sneakers uh, joke was yes. very good. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherry was great. She was one of my favorite characters. I, yeah, I'm gonna make my little sister watch this movie. She's mm-hmm. waiting to watch it with me. And that's going to be your favorite character. That's oh, uh, yeah. 100% I, I, I can see it from a mile away. Um, but yeah. So good. Yeah. The um, the casino scene? Yeah. I remember when I watched it, someone told me that, or asked if that was the same place where they did, a, it's a, I think, Skyfall. Like there's some scene in Skyfall, I think. If that was the same casino, I don't hmm. know. Uh, or at least in one of the James Bond movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think right. I know the scene you're talking about and had a very similar visual style, but I think the one in James Bond was like a bigger place. Might have been. Uh, I, I mean, again, it's. I would guess that the casino, unless they went to location to film it, yeah. which I don't think they did, um, I would, I guess they would probably just took some inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, n- normally, with stuff that's inside, that felt like it's on a closed set. That was probably shot in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the law, they probably didn't need to rebuild a casino. Or they probably had to rebuild a casino rather than um, going out and renting one, which probably cost a lot more money. Yeah. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh Oh, what did you think of the, the mm-hmm. kind of uh, internal conflicts in Wakanda as well between all the different tribes now that we've talked about Michael B. Jordan a lot? Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that was handled interestingly mm-hmm. or handled well. I mean, I, when I say interestingly, because I, I don't think anything in this movie wasn't done really well. Yeah. So I'm going to, on top of everything being amazing and good, uh, I, th- I think it was done uh, interestingly, because like they have these different tribes and they all have their different differing opinions, mm-hmm. and I thought that it was 
like in the beginning they were all I guess together yeah and you know it, as the movie went along they some of them switched over to support Killmonger because you know they want they were very happy that Claw was taken out yeah and they think oh this guy actually gets stuff done mm-hmm. T'Challa's first mission as king was to take out Claw and he didn't and then this guy just shows up with him dead and he has a right for the throne sure yeah give him a shot mm-hmm. um and then you know, also there was the whole thing with uh, uh, Mbaku and uh, the monkey people, mm-hmm. um, with how they were separate from the rest of Wakanda. Yeah, how they wanted to, you know, stay their own thing, mm-hmm. but they're still they, they still were part of it. So when they wanted a chance to be represented on, I guess, not election day, but yeah, trial day, trial day, yeah, trial day. They want that chance to be represented, and they got they got that shot. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was because that they were treated as equals, even though they were kind of outside, even though they're kind of outsiders to Wakanda, because T'Challa treated them as equals and was able and spared Baku's life, mm-hmm. uh, so he could continue to lead uh, yeah. his people. When the end, that allowed for the end of the movie is like, well, he saved my life, now I saved his. Yeah. And then, you know, that allowed for those two, um, I guess, tribes within Wakanda to come together at the end. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Any thoughts, Kyle? Before we, I think we're getting um, to the point where we're about to wrap up. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, there's probably a bunch of thoughts, but... Um... Yeah. I don't know. I do feel like uh, Martin Freeman's role was somewhat forced into the movie. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they kind of put him in there just to keep the movies connected. Yeah, but they'd have the Tolkien white guy. Yeah, they had uh, the well, one of the two Tolkien white guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I definitely see what you mean, and I thought that he did that. That being said, I thought that it was done in a way that wasn't too distracting yeah. from the movie. Yeah. I mean, it did feel a little bit forced, but there was a reason why he wasn't on the ground fighting with everyone else while he was just kind of sequestered away. Yeah. Like, he was part of it, but he wasn't really part of it. And that kind of feels like what his role should have been. Yeah. Um, which allowed it to connect to the bigger MCU, but didn't take away. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought that was good. I, I mean, I... I, I it, it was forced, but, you know, it wasn't forced poorly. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like uh, the whole, like, they they dedicated some time to, like, Black Panther and his love interest, which ended up kind of seeming kind of pointless to me. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, think they I, I also kind of, kind of agree with you there because it, it, it that, I wouldn't say it was forced, but it was just kind of, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I'm usually not a huge fan of movies that just throw in love stories just to have love stories. And I feel like this one, to some extent, did. But it also didn't necessarily take away. It, it was a very minor part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, it wasn't something where you know, the the people were, you know, trying to woo each other or, you know, cracking jokes about falling in love the whole time. It was just kind of this other thing where... It's mostly him just trying to convince her to stay, 
Yeah. And it was clear they already had this relationship. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't watching a relationship build from square one. Uh, it was just kind of coming in towards, you know, an already developed relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 done because, you know, there's so many smaller subplots mm-hmm. that, you know, are done really well. Because This was also, I guess, this was, wasn't one of the smaller subplots. Yeah. And it's so far down on the list of what happened in the movie didn't, doesn't doesn't bother me. At least yeah. doesn't bother yeah. me as it normally does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just pointing out all the negatives because everyone's yeah, already pointed out the positives. Yeah, there's so, so <laughs> many positives. I think it's yeah probably a little bit too a little bit too much to go all in on the uh, all go all positives. There's definitely some negatives that should be talked about, but yeah, I still love. So, the um, you guys think the soul stone is in Wakanda, or do you guys have any theories there? Well, I do have some theories because I've read a couple of things online that I didn't want to read online because I hate spoilers, but there was some mini spoilers in there because Kevin Feige decided to reveal some small spoilers. But because he's Kevin Feige, you have to give him the okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Soul, Stone, the, the Soul Stone probably is in Wakanda, and I think that's where... Uh, it is the last soul stone for us to find. It's also the last one for Thanos to find. He's going to have five of the six and then go to Wakanda to find the soul stone. Yeah. And what are the, the powers of the soul stone again? Uh, it allows you to soul. It allows you to play some really good blues music. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was just thinking, you know, the, uh, the flowers that give Black Panther his power. Uh, yeah. uh, all had very distinct colors, which is one of the things that yes, goes along that with some true. of the stones. The, the soul stone, I think, is orange. Is it orange? Okay. No, that, that yeah. is Am the then? purple one. Or no, no purple is the power Guardian. stone. That's the one in Guardians. Yeah. Of course, aren't all the colors kind of mixed up? Because I'm pretty sure like some of the other ones are different. I mean, I probably. Know. I mean, the Tesseract is blue. The power stone is purple. The ether is red. Um... Visions one is yellow. Visions is yellow. Uh, the time stone is green, mm-hmm. and those are five. And I think this last one, I don't think they're going to double up on a color. So my guess is yeah. they're probably going to go back to orange. And yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it's either in Wakanda because Wakanda has the whole ancestry thing, and that kind of relates the soul, or it's either yeah. on whatever planet they go to in Infinity War. Yeah, it, there's also a chance that Thanos just starts the movie with the Soul Stone. Yeah, True. That, that would probably be interesting too. Yeah, yeah. you know, we, like we already know that from the trailer that uh, at least a decent portion of uh, Infinity Wars takes place in Wakanda. Yeah, uh, and so I think it could be because there's an Infinity Stone there, or it could just be because you know, as the most technologically advanced place, that's a pretty decent. Uh, location if you're trying to mount a the last ditch last ditch you know attack or yeah. defense or something as well. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that wraps up my thoughts. Yeah. Cool. But oh, just the very end of the movie, the last shot, right? Uh, T'Challa's at the oh, yeah. uh, the UN, and you know is announcing. Uh, you know, Wakanda coming to the world or whatever. And it just reminded me why Iron Man uh, had such a potent ending 
because yeah. you know you know in Iron Man he just says I am Iron Man and that's the ending uh but in every other movie that kind of has similar endings uh mm. you know it also kind of you know, they they cut it off right before they say yeah, like, they have the, the Avengers thing. yeah <laughs> I am mm-hmm. yeah so. the one thing I will add is they did that twice in this movie they did it they, once uh, in the parking lot after he bought the building. Oh, that's right. Uh, and they also did it at the UN. Yeah. Which I, I don't think it that many people noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they weren't sure what the ending was going to be. <laughs> so they just had it in there both times just so they had the uh, flexibility. Yeah. And, and they both worked and they, they used them both and I'm not mad at it. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, also the, the real last shot we should talk about. Bucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bucky's in Wakanda. I mean, we kind of knew that already, but he's awake in Wakanda. With one arm. Yep. Like a stumpy shoulder thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we knew he was going to show up again in Infinity Wars. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. kind of surprised, but not displeased that he was not in uh, Black Panther. Yes. I think that might have been a little too much forced connection with the MCU. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, I will, however, add for that one scene, they were calling him White Wolf, mm-hmm. which has a connection to the comics, because in the comics, um, White Wolf is T'Challa's adopted brother, who is of the Caucasian variety. Huh. Uh, and I think, I don't know if that how that's going to play out going forward, if he's going to take up, I guess, the White Wolf mantle, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess kind of be one of the people of Wakanda or if he's going to come back out and team up with Cap and yeah. Falcon uh, or however they're going to play that out. But there is enough there that he could have, they, they could have his relationship with T'Challa be a big part yeah. of the next, of the uh, uh, Infinity War movies or even the next Black Panther movie, even mm-hmm. though I would probably doubt it would be the next Black Panther movie. Yeah. But that'd be interesting since uh, Black Panther doesn't really have any, connections with it like personal connections with people in the established mcu if they kind of use bucky yeah. as the way to get him in I mean, he just has a little bit in civil war yeah and that's it and i think the relationship with bucky even though that was the worst at first is now mm-hmm. it's probably going to be the best and yeah. i mean we can see in some of the trailers and some of the images bucky has a new arm that matches his purple outfit. Yep. Yeah. And it's probably filled with vibranium. Everyone's so. made of vibranium now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Iron Man's going to get a vibranium suit, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, vibranium everywhere. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was our conversation about Black Panther and the Oscars. Yep. And all that good stuff. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us. Yeah. I'll, I'd be glad to do it again. Yeah. Whenever you want, just let Ryan know. Or me, no. We can go behind Ryan's back and talk about things he hasn't seen. (laughs) That's right. That's a staple of this podcast. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, You can find all of our stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Like, download, subscribe. Um, Also, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Uh, Not on Instagram because Ryan is slacking. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. There's just so many visual elements to That's this true. podcast. That is true. We we have 
too many visual elements that we don't know how how to handle them mm -hmm. uh, but yeah uh all that stuff itunes app Cloud, google play same for my other podcast as i mentioned earlier on set with Errol coding popcorn confessionals yep. uh and also stay tuned for our upcoming march madness yeah so all right in that case i think it's time that we say bye